he was a maverick. He was a massive disruptor. He was a massive social activist. He was fundamentally fearless and he carried the weight of changing a global culture. If you believe we can change the narrative, if you believe we can change our communities, if you believe we can change the outcomes, then we can change the world. I'm Rob Richardson. Welcome to Disruption Now. All right, welcome back to the Art and Equity Summit. Uh, with me is actor, activist, uh, uh, David Bianchi. How you doing, brother? I'm good, brother. Good to talk to you. Yeah, man. So it's, uh, you know, it, we've been uh, talking the whole day here about uh, moving forward and getting more equity for black and brown artists and really emphasizing the opportunity with this NFT and the space here. And I know, uh, David, some artists are really uh, hesitant to, to really get into the space from what I've seen. Some are just jumping right in and some say, I just don't know about this. Like you got into this space, you're an actor, you're also an artist. And if, I, if, I, if I'm correct, you have the first, one of the first spoken words of NFTs that at least I've seen and you're applying it. Why did you see the opportunity with NFTs? And what would you say to those who were just saying, well, you know, I'm not sure if this is going to devalue my art because that's something I've heard from artists. Yeah. And thanks for having me on. And thanks for opening up the discussion. Um, <clears throat> so as, as you mentioned, my name is David Bianchi and I'm a uh, I'm an actor, independent film producer, but also widely known as a spoken word poet. Um, and over the last 15 years, I spent a large part of my uh, creative side work uh, producing high concept spoken word films that I call spinema, spinning cinema through spoken word. And so they are basically experimental short films that are narratives told entirely in spoken word poetry that each one of them has an underlying uh, theme of social consciousness whether it relates to, um, you know, African-American rights, whether it relates to, you know, children being abducted by the federal government at the, at the Mexican border, whether it relates to, um, uh, we did a piece uh, that was a pandemic oriented, sort of like losing yourself a sense of identity. Uh, I've done anti-bully pieces. These are projects that I've done with the likes of Malcolm Jamal Warner, uh, Mustafa Shakir. Um, I wrote uh, a large portion of the spoken word poetry in the Sundance film, Philly Brown, that made Gina Rodriguez a star. That was her breakout film. Um, I've been nationally televised several times as a spoken word poet. Um, and so flash forward to where we are now, this, this new piece, um, well, not necessarily new, newer, called I Can't Breathe, uh, which is a piece that I wrote, um, which was basically my personal soliloquy of my pain of what it means to be a person of color in America in the shadow of the death of Mr. George Floyd during the largest civil rights movement in global history. Uh, the film in and of itself was hailed by deadline um, and critically acclaimed and ended up being um, broadcast on KTLA on their award-winning series, Breaking Bias, it's the Emmy-nominated series. Um, so as it relates to the question with the NFT thing is that I've been, I've owned cryptocurrencies since probably late 2017. So I think that there's a certain amount of familiarity with the digital and, crypt and, and crypto space that there needs to be sort of like the prerequisite to understanding NFT, right? So I was already well-versed with wallets, digital wallets, cold storage, these sorts of things. So that kind of stuff was already in my language. So I wasn't too terrified of it. But when I discovered, obviously, the press about it, you know, pre-Beeple and, and all that kind of stuff, I was hearing a little bit about it. But as an artist, I didn't know where I fit in. Now, I'm all about um, pushing the boundaries of art. I've, I've, I've gotten a congratulatory letter from Mayor Villaraigosa for my work as a fine artist, abstract contemporary stuff. But I'm widely known as an actor and as a filmmaker and as a poet. So I just didn't know where I fit. 
And I was trying to juggle which way could I come in, what would be the best way to penetrate the market. Um, and so I did a lot of research and I came across a platform called Ephemera. And I was drawn to that platform because one, their motto is that they are lens-based material. So they're uh, minting projects with curated artists that are you know, still photography, art house photography, black and white. Um, and so I reached out to them and I pitched them and told them who I am and what I'm planning on doing. And, and the reason I really pushed with them is because they have a 250 megabyte upload capacity. Mm. For me, that was, that was it. That was game changer. Because if you look at all these other platforms, you look at foundation, you look at nifty, you look at Rarible, you look at OpenSea. you know, you're dealing with like 30 to 50 megabyte capacity on the upload. Well, I can't do anything in cinema with that. And even 250 megabytes was a challenge for me because I can't breathe is a five minute piece, right? But, right. At, 10, but at 1080, you're looking at 500 plus megabytes. Yeah. So what I did was I, I compressed it down to a 960 by 540 aspect ratio, and I was still able to maintain the 16 by nine. So I didn't have to, I didn't squeeze or stretch or distort the imagery in any way, shape or form. As a result of that, I was able to upload the entire film in its entirety and mint it as a one of one. Wow. And um, so it's the first time that an, an award-winning uh, spoken word film has ever been minted on the blockchain. Uh, that's um, awesome. That's awesome. And, and so people want to get, what's the, what, what, what platform is it on? If they wanted to purchase sure. it? Sure. Yeah. It's on a femur. Assuming it's, it's not taken by the time we do this. Well, but go ahead. <laughs> well it's, it's, it's on a femur and the auction is going to close today. We're going to have the closing auction party today. Currently. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. So this is going to be, so hopefully yeah. it's something that's, it's already up uh, and, you, and it'll be your but, next one. But what I will say is this is uh, the closing bidding. And obviously, you know, you'll be able to buy it from whoever owns it um, right now. It's sure. bidding, it's at five Ethereum right now. Um, so say so that, people ask, so for those who don't know Ethereum, tell them what that translates into dollars. So right now that translates into about $11,000. Yep. Um, we anticipate that with the bidding party tonight, it could get upwards of 10 Ethereum, which would push it over 22,000. Um, and that's a massive win. And just so everybody knows, I, as an artist, I am um, giving 100% of all profit proceeds to the George Floyd Foundation. That's awesome. Um, this is a project that me and my director, Ryan LaMasters, we made this in the shadow of the movement for the movement. And so with that spirit in mind, it didn't make any sense to do it any other way. Right. Yeah. And so the the noise that i've been able to make as a result of this piece and it being a, a maverick piece and a trend-setting piece um i think has created a strong introduction into the nft space for me as an artist yeah um you know which in turn will build a platform for you know for for profit-based projects later on down the road Absolutely. this one is just about the movement and it just and being that we're in the midst of the the, the Chauvin trial and all that kind of stuff, yeah. it's very timely and people's hearts are very sensitive. So um, in lieu of that, and I'll give you a little bit of a nugget since this will come out later, um, I'm announcing tonight at the closing auction drop that I'm releasing um, three sets of ones of tens, where it's just going to be the actual artwork from the film, but you'll hear the cinematic um, dialogue of the entire film. So three series of ones of tens, and those will be available uh, for 0.1 ETH, which is right now about 220 bucks. Um, so people, awesome. so people will be able, cause I wanted to be able to make it so that people can own part of the first ever spoken word NFT. You know, if you're a, com a common investor, not a whale investor. Right. No, that, that making it accessible, I think is really important. Everyone hears 
uh, you know, Beeple sold for $69 million and they think this is something that they, that you can't participate in, but there's lots of levels of art to participate in. And honestly, before things become the 10,000, 20,000, 30,000, they often start at the two, 300. And this is where, if you believe in the art and you believe in what you're doing, which I do believe in what you're doing, I think people should invest in you. That's, that, that's how this works. That's how this community works. And I see the opportunity. And, and, and so you, and again, just going back to my earlier question, because I hear this from artists and I, I do want you to speak to these artists, if you could. Some say, well, would I devalue like my work? I have work that I sell just as an artist that normally goes for 5000 a pop. Mm-hmm. If I put it out here, does this, might this devalue it? Do I change the work I have slightly to do something different? Like how, what, just your general advice when you're talking to artists that may be a little skeptical of this. Obviously, I'm not, I mean, we're launching. Right. We're both, yeah, we're both, obviously obviously very bullish on this, but um, I I think that it's a complicated question, right? Because if you're talking about, if, if the first thing out of an artist's mouth is it's going to devalue my art, then that makes me assume that your art in the mainstream art world or music world or wherever is worth a fuck ton of money. Right. So if you're getting $15,000 for a fine art piece at a gallery in Beverly Hills, if you put it up as an NFT and you don't have a proper marketing team behind you and you don't have a marketing budget to push and drive your NFT to get to at least the same amount of money or higher, then you are devaluing your work. Sure. Right. So if an artist says that to me, I'm going to say, okay, so what are you, what's your work selling for in the normal world as opposed to the meta world? Right. Yeah. Um, now, if you're an artist who is, you know, living in his basement, what are you scared of? Um, It just takes a little bit of homework and YouTube is a great resource and clubhouse is a fantastic resource where people will help you. Um, OpenSea clubhouse. I would say OpenSea.io, the Bible, the NFT Bible is a good place to go. NFT Bible. And and that's a great place for me to go. I mean, there's, I'm I'm literally, just so you know, man, I'm nowhere near a technical expert in this. I mean, I'm literally walking down the hallway with a blindfold on and just touching the walls as I go, you know? um, But you know, that that's most people. This is what I want people to understand. Like you don't have to be a technical genius or experts, uh, expert. I am, I don't consider myself that either. Um, people look at somebody like Steve Jobs was obviously a, a genius, but he didn't, he didn't create the iPad. He didn't create the iPod. Like his, his goal, he had the vision and the technology can be created, right? right? The technology is there. You can, you can, you can sell digital art. The thing is you have to know what your vision is. It's the same thing in the physical world as it is in the, in the technical, in, in the technical or the digital world. You have to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, know, know what it is you're selling, understand the audience you're trying to sell it to. And then go out there. the 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 technology is the is is the is the easiest part in some ways. You just have to get get past that in your mind that you have to be some technical genius. There, YouTube is great. Google is your friend. Like you can literally figure these things out. And people will. And this community, I can tell you, David, has been very um, open. They'll tell you. You go yeah. like you, you go someplace and say, look, I don't know about this. Someone says. I will show you. This is the yeah, and the people will help you. You're absolutely right. People, people will help you find the answer. And I've been um, actually pleasantly surprised by how generous the NFT community is. I mean, it's very unusual for a guy that works in Hollywood. You know, yeah, people aren't very. Um, you live in a different a, world. No, yeah, yeah, LA is a different world. You know, people people aren't that nice at sometimes. You know what I mean? Are not that generous with with their offerings, and um, you know, giving people flowers is a common phrase that's used in the clubhouse space. So in other words, I'm going to give somebody flowers by 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 bigging them up or, or, or endorsing them publicly in clubhouse. Um, and 
you know, I just invite everybody to to really at least do your own investigation to see if it works for you. Because just because you say you're going to put up an NFT, you still got to be ready to put in the time and the hustle. Absolutely. It's hours, hours and hours and hours of time and energy to figure out how to get to the right places and connect with the right people to find a place for your work. Because, you know, for me, it's like I don't work in NFTs that are Bitcoins and lollipops, you know, <laughs> like I'm I'm producing socially conscious spoken word films that are being minted. And so I have a certain community of people that are going to gravitate to my work. Um, having a little bit of celebrity certainly helps, but I mean, it only goes so far unless you're, you know, Dwayne Johnson or, you know, Vin Diesel or, you know, or a big rapper, for example. Um, so people should do their own research, you know, at the end of the day. And I want to be able to use the work that I'm doing to be able to inspire other people, right? Because think about the four minute mile. Nobody ran the four minute mile until somebody broke the four minute mile. Now everybody <laughs> broke the four minute mile. Now, now, there's, common, now, right? there's, now there's several people that can run a four minute mile. And so I want to be that four minute mile guy as it relates to um, spoken word films in the NFT space. You know, um, now with all that being said, even in the real world, there is nobody on the planet that is producing spoken word films to the degree that I am. You know, 15 person crews, A and B cameras, you know, original scores, sound design, music, you know, mixing full on color correction treatments and DaVinci Resolve. You're like, I treat these like films. And so I've scoured the internet. There are none. Yeah, well, none. that's what so, 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 right. And so to bring these films into the NFT space and to be able to, to put my, to put a foothold in this particular segment of the digital space, I think will have value because I think that um, I will continue to do this and there will be gentlemen and, and gals that will come behind me. But I, my anticipation is I'll be so far ahead of the game that I'd like to just be a, a metric for inspiration, um, but also a metric for collaboration because I do want to collaborate with as many people as possible um, that, uh, that have a, a matching vibration. That's awesome. That's awesome. And if you had a committee of three living or dead, uh, living or dead to advise you on art, life, whatever, who would those three people be and why? Oh, Lord. Um, Hugh Hefner. Hugh Hefner. Wow. Why, why Hugh Hefner? I, that, I did not expect that name. Um, I say Hugh Hefner because he was a maverick. He was a massive disruptor. He was a massive social activist. He was fundamentally fearless. And he carried the weight of changing a global culture. Hmm. I want to fucking talk to that man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like... If if there's anybody that can talk to you about how to shape a world, you know, he's the guy. Right. All right. You know, um, and, and I think in terms of the contemporary space, um, um, living or dead. Um, I would be very interested in. A conversation with Frederick Douglass. Mm, that would be a good one. What would you ask Frederick Douglass? He's here right now. What would you ask him? How do you how 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 do we healthily maintain the vision for the future while while accepting the chaoses of today? Mm. 
you know, um, and I leave that as a wide open question because that leaves a, I think a question that leaves an, an opportunity for a very broad answer. You know, you don't yeah. want to ask these sort of, you don't want to ask individuals like that, a yes or no questions. You always want a very open-ended question. Yeah. Cause you get, you gain a lot of wisdom. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. You gain a lot of wisdom. Um, I also would be interested in speaking to the likes of Sidney Poitier. Oh, he, he would be good. Um, you know, being an actor, um, and an activist know, at the same time, and an activist at the same time. Like I've had a lot of great conversations. I I, I worked with um, Jeffrey Wright and Anthony Hopkins on Westworld, yeah. Um, and so I had some great conversations with those men, and I've had some great conversations with some pretty decorated individuals. Um, luckily, throughout my life, um, that will be a good conversation. That would be a great conversation, Mr. Poitier. Um, so that's three. Um, I would love, and I'm sure at some point in my life, I'll have a chance to sit down and have a few words with Elon Musk. Oh, that'd be a um, good one too. I, I, I think that at some point, I don't know how and when I, I but let's I, put it out, put it out in universe. It's going to happen. Listen, I, I will tell you, man, I, I will win an Emmy someday. And um, I vision that I will be nominated for an Oscar. When you get to that level, you end up having conversations with interesting people. Hey, let's, you know, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, what's an important truth you have that very few people agree with you on? An important truth that very few people agree on me with. Um, you know, I don't think that I really have one of those because most of the people that I surround myself with are like-minded. Okay. Um, I follow a quote by Dr. Seuss and I know Dr. Seuss is controversial right now, but the quote's interesting. Never mind those that mind what you do, because those that matter don't mind. There you go. So if I follow that rule, if I have a belief system that people don't agree with, I they don't even hear that belief system because I don't surround myself with those people. Good idea. You know? Save your so energy. It's like, yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, I tell people, one of the things that's, that's interesting about being an artist is that you have to be able to have a strong incubation system. And what I mean by an incubation system, if you think about how things are incubated, right, you need the right environment, you need the right moisture, you need the right container, you need the right surfaces beneath your feet, you need the right things in the homeostasis of that incubation system to help you grow and nourish, right? Yeah. So that is, that is your atmosphere, your circumstance. What is your circumstance? The stance is where my feet are. My circum is my circumvention, the circle around me. So how healthy is your circumstance? How healthy is your incubator? Right. Yeah. And if you keep your incubator healthy, the people, places and things of where you live and exist, um, you'll never really have people that fundamentally disagree with what you believe. No, that's good. That's good. Um, I ain't got time to argue with you. Motherfuckers <laughs> I mean, the, the, who you surround yourself with, your ecosystem is the most important thing is what I tell young people all the time. Look, there's a lot of things you can't control, but you can control, especially when you grow up, you can't control your environment when you're living with your parents. And if your parents are toxic, that, that, sure. that's really hard. But once you get to a point where you can control who's around you, that is going to be the most important decision that you make in your life. Your friends, your ecosystem will determine how far you go in the discussion. I mean, that's, and, that's, and, and, and the discussion. And I've spent a lot of time, you know, in my life, you know, on, on the wrong side of the tracks. And I got what that side of the tracks gave me. You know, now I'm on this side of the tracks yeah. and I'm reap and I'm reaping what this side of the tracks is giving. That's how it works. I mean, people, it's it's simple, but it's not easy because we get 
institutionalized habits from the people we hang around. We think this is the way things go. So we have to pull ourselves away from a toxic environment, which seems like it should be easy, but it's happened over many, many years. And so it's going to take a lot of effort to reverse to get you where you need to be. But it's mm-hmm. it's the most beneficial thing you could do for your life. Final question. Um, yes, sir. Uh, you you have a billboard, a Google ad that says your belief or your your or your saying for life. What does that say and why? Hmm. My belief and why. Uh, this is a personal quote. Um, since it's my billboard, it might as well be endorsing my quote. <laughs> um, the distance between greatness and mediocrity is your perception. Mm, I love it. And now that's that's that now that's for the heady thinkers. If this was a billboard that was on the four hundred five, and I this is your billboard, that, right? Well, go ahead, I, go, go, go but, ahead. But if it's well, on the four, well, see, what would it, it say? Depends, on 405. It depends on because it's like yeah, you know, it's on the four hundred five. It needs to be like a one line slinger, you know? Okay, and that is just going to be believe, believe. David, appreciate your time, brother. I appreciate yours. All right.